0: Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: Wherever you're at, right where you are, just know that the Lord will meet you there, wherever you are. You know, sometimes we think, I've got to get over here before God can meet me. No, God will meet you right where you are. He will get you over there. He will get you there. Let Him meet you right where you're at and know that he will meet you.
0: Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapter 6, verse 35 in a message titled, I am the bread of life. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: We see it consistently over and over in the lives of the rich and famous who, although having every material thing at their fingertips, are nevertheless empty and discontent. You know, once in a while, I will stumble across a uh, a biography of a, a famous person on Netflix or whatever uh, amazon or hulu or something and and every every story is is more or less the same circumstances are different backgrounds different maybe and but but the outcomes are generally the same sort of people rising up out of obscurity becoming famous through one means or another and the success drives them to excess and they eventually crash and burn, but in all the interviews, they talk about you know, how I had everything, but man, nothing really satisfied. It's a story that's repeated over and over and over again. You know, it's crazy when you think about that because if you talk to people today, and a lot of young people today still, you ask them, what do you want to do in life? I want to be rich and famous. That's, that's the line. I want to be rich and famous. Why? Oh, because that's where you're going to be happy. That's where you're going to be fulfilled. That's where you're going to be content. That's where everything is going to be just wonderful. Well, wait a second. Let's just stop for a minute. Let's go back to the experiment. Let's look at the lives of the rich and famous. John Lennon biographer Robert Rosen, in a quote from Greg Laurie's book, Lennon, Dylan, Alice, and Jesus, which is a great book, by the way. He says this of Lennon. The story of John Lennon's life is that he was always looking for the answer, looking for the thing that was going to stop the pain and make him feel whole. He tried to fill the emptiness he felt inside with money and fame, and that didn't work. It's a tragic story, no question about it. So John's story has been and is being repeated over and over and over again from the beginning of time to today. All people, everyone in the world has a void, and we who have come to faith in Jesus, we now often refer to that as a God-shaped void because we now know that the only thing that could fulfill the void was God. Every human heart has a God shaped hole that can only be filled by Christ. Jesus alone is the bread of life who came down from heaven and who can satisfy the hungry heart. C.S. Lewis got it right when he said, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. If we find in ourselves a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy. Augustine put it this way. He said, we were made by God and for God and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in him. And this is just reality, isn't it? This is the truth. This is the common human experience. And another common human experience is for those who have put their trust in Jesus, they know what it's like to be satisfied. They know what it's like to be content. You know, sometimes people will ask me, my story, what's your testimony? And the simplest version is that I was that guy that nothing could fulfill. And I went from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another, because I was looking for something to bring me peace, something to bring me contentment something to take away that emptiness that it was just so prevalent within me. And I found it in Jesus. And once I came to Jesus, that was forever gone. That was forever gone. And it's not to say that I've never had problems or difficulties or troubles in my life as a Christian. It's, that's a different topic. I've had all of those things, but I've never had again, from the moment I met Christ, I've never had again that deep sense of emptiness and discontentment that I used to live daily with. Jesus satisfies the thirsty soul. Now, Let's look at some of the implications of Jesus as the bread of life. Let's make this real practical here. Now, bread was the, like I said, it was a staple of the ancient Hebrew diet. So it was, it was very common. It was very accessible. It was very available. You go to Israel today, they've got great bread. <laughs> the bread is some of the best stuff that you encounter. So it's common. Jesus is available to all. Jesus is available to all. He's accessible. There's not a scarceness of Jesus. His love is not sparse. It is available, accessible to all. Charles Spurgeon, the great Victorian preacher, said this, and I think it's relevant. He said, the longer I live, the more I bless God that we have not received a classical gospel or a mathematical gospel or a metaphysical gospel. It is not a gospel confined to scholars and men of genius, but a poor man's gospel, a plowman's gospel, for that is the kind of gospel that we can live upon and die upon. It is to us not the luxury of refinement, but the staple food of life. We want no fine words when the heart is heavy. Neither do we need deep philosophical problems when we are lying on the verge of eternity. At such times, we magnify the blessed simplicity of the gospel. The gospel is like bread. It's available to all. It's accessible. Another comparison is that, of course, bread smells good. And in some cases, might even look at it and say, oh, man, that looks good. But it's not going to do you any good by just looking at it and smelling it, right? You've got to eat it. You have to eat it in order to be nourished by it. And so with Jesus, Jesus must be embraced in order to satisfy. Jesus is here. I mean, again, this is the insane thing. Jesus is in the world today. He is in the world today, and he has his arms outstretched wide, and he's inviting all people to come and be satisfied. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. And and the invitation is to come. But we must embrace him. We must come in order to benefit from this. It's not enough to see it. It's not enough to enjoy that fragrance. We have to partake of it as well. Now, Jesus says here, He speaks about coming to him and he speaks about feeding on him. And so obviously there is an analogy that's being used here. Now, as we go further into the sixth chapter, this is where Jesus is going to speak about eating my flesh and drinking my blood. And this is going to be too much for some of his hearers. And many are going to leave him at that point. But again, they're leaving him because they're misunderstanding. They they think that he's talking about physical things when he's talking about spiritual things. So when we talk about feeding on Jesus as the bread of life, feeding or food is, is this analogy that we are using to speak of how we are connecting with Jesus in such a way that he becomes the one who is our sustenance. He becomes the one who is our life. So so just as food sustains us physically and it's through a healthy diet, it's through nutrition, it's through consistent eating and so forth that we're going to become all that physically, we can be, so likewise, we must feed on Christ. But how do we feed on Christ? Well, think of it like this. Jesus is the, he's the living word. He's given us the written word. The written word is that place where we connect with the living word. Remember Jesus said, or yes, yes, God said to Moses, or Moses, and Moses said to the people in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, Mo- Moses said to the people of Israel, he said, God has taken you into the wilderness. He's humbled you, and he's sustained you, and he's taught you. He's done all of this to teach you that man cannot live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, Jesus in Matthew chapter four, verse four, when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, and remember, Satan says to Jesus, take these stones and make them into bread. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, Feeding on Jesus happens as we come to Him. We come to Him through His Word and we nourish ourselves in His Word. Now, again, we've heard this before and it's good to remember it's not, we're not talking about just simply digesting scripture and getting as much down us as we possibly can, we're talking about taking it and delighting in it and enjoying it. You know, in the first Psalm where it says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in God's law, they meditate day and night. You know, the word meditate there means to, uh, chew it over, to savor it, to get every bit of flavor and nourishment from it. And when we're talking about feeding on Jesus, that's what we're talking about doing, spending time with Jesus, taking in his word, Doing that personally, doing that collectively with the, the people of God. Sharing it with one another, like we would sit down and have a, a meal together. Sitting down with a, maybe just a small group of friends and saying, let's talk about God's word together. You see, they, these are the ways that we do what Jesus is talking about here. Feeding upon him. Now, as I said, there's a connection here with the manna in the wilderness and what Jesus did. And the people, they draw a connection. And remember, Moses gave us bread in the wilderness. Moses did not give you that bread, but my father gives you the true bread. So, Jesus is making a connection between what happened in the wilderness and what he is saying about himself as being the bread of life. And and there are just a couple of things about uh, the manna that I think correlate really well to our relationship with Jesus. So, let's just look at these as we close. Number one, Manna, remember, was God's gift to the people. This this is what God had provided for them. God's gift to the people sent right to them where they were at. That's the interesting thing. God God sends them the manna right where they're at. Where, Where are they at? They're in the wilderness. But they're not just stationary in the wilderness, they're not just in one location. They're going through the wilderness over this long period of time. And during that long period of time, the Lord is providing for them wherever they are. And I think about how Jesus is, again, he's accessible to us wherever we are. Wherever you're at, right where you are, just know that the Lord will meet you there wherever you are. You know, sometimes we think, I've got to get over here before God can meet me. No. God will meet you right where you are. He will get you over there. He will get you there. Let him meet you right where you're at and know that he will meet you. And, and you think of how God provides this. It's obviously free of charge. And this all just speaks of the grace of God, the salvation of God, how the Lord is so generous and so gracious. He meets us where we're at and he provides us with what we need. Secondly, manna was all sufficient and it met the daily need for nourishment that's the the crazy thing about manna. And remember manna means what is it? <laughs> Nobody really knew what it was. It was like a little wafer. And naturalistic minded theologians have tried to come up with all kinds of answers to the question of what it was. So it was this little you know thing that grew on a certain kind of a tree at a point in time, and it would fall to the ground, or it was some sort of sap, or it was something like this, trying to naturalize it. Now, the scripture says it was angel's food. It was bread from heaven. But the amazing thing about it is it provided all that the people needed by way of nourishment. And God provided it for them every single day. It was all-sufficient, and it met the daily need for nourishment. Think about Jesus, the bread of life. He's all-sufficient. He's all-sufficient. We don't need anything other than Jesus. He's the all-sufficient one, and he will supply us with, he will provide us with the nourishment that we, as his people, need as we seek him. And then thirdly, the manna sustained God's people in the wilderness. Now, we are in the wilderness as the people of God, aren't we? We're living in this this barren world. This world that is still in a state of rejecting the king. Longing for the kingdom, but rejecting the king. And it's a wilderness, and it's becoming more and more evident that it's a barren, brutal wilderness. How are we sustained in this wilderness of the world? We are sustained through the bread from heaven, through Jesus, through, again, connecting with him and letting him work in our lives and coming to him through his word and trusting him to speak to us and coming together as God's people to share the meal together. When Jesus stands and says, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never hunger. He is proclaiming that he will bring total and complete satisfaction to the human soul he will bring total and complete satisfaction. And and let me just clarify, he does that in a variety of different ways and he uses people to do that. He uses different things to do that, but ultimately it is him who is doing it. And sometimes he circumvents all of those other things and it's so obviously just him that's doing it. And some of us know those times. You know I was speaking to a woman the other day and she was she was distressed because she hadn't heard God call her name. The Lord hadn't spoken to her by name and somehow she had in her mind the idea that that was kind of a prerequisite to really knowing that you're right with God is that God speaks to you by name that he says, "Hey, Brian." Listen, and I, I said to her, I said, you know, I can't think of a time in my life where I've ever felt God say, Hey Brian, but I can think of a million times when I know God has spoken to me. And there there are those times that we will all experience in our own way where Jesus will meet us personally powerfully himself. But if you put your trust in him, whether you feel that or not, he has actually done that and is doing that. And maybe, maybe in some cases it's, but Lord, you know, I've been trying to get satisfaction in other places. Lord, forgive me and help me to know from this point forward that there is nothing that can satisfy my soul like you. Or maybe it's just, Lord, thank you that, that you are the bread of life. Yes. Yes. I know that. I remember that. I remember the day that you came into my life and you filled the emptiness. You took away that hunger. And if you don't even know Jesus, this Jesus that's the bread of life, this one that satisfies, and maybe you've been drinking at these fountains that just never satisfy. Maybe you've been eating in these places where you're still famished. Jesus is the bread of life. Come to him and you'll never hunger. That's his promise.
0: And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. I know there are so many people that
1: feel like they don't really understand sometimes even the basics of the Christian faith. And a classic book on the topic was written by John Stott, and the book is called Basic Christianity. And this is one of my favorite books because it beautifully and simply but profoundly lays out for us just exactly what the Christian faith is. So I read this book several times over. I read it many years ago. I try to read it every now and again. It's a great book, and I want to recommend it to you, Basic Christianity by John
0: Stott. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Basic Christianity by John Stott. You can order the book, Basic Christianity, by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the Donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, Basic Christianity, by John Stott. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com